This is an unauthorized Tom Waits impersonator, and you are listening to Discography Discussion. Sorry, I just, I had nothing to say after that. Neither did I. Dude, we are so much better at this in person. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, being able to play off of each other, like, I gotta, I gotta take my hat off right now to, to Kellum and to Toomey and to uh, Travis and to uh, Scott, you know, like the fact that they just made this work <laughs> yeah well they've had plenty of practice at it too this is the well first i also time i also have no video and that's my bad i i just i don't have a webcam no lighting down here so i'm just kind of it's like i'm just basically on the phone with you guys and if a crazed german scientist has offered you the flying car then you are ready for this episode of discography discussion i am joe that is dan that is jeff and that was my intro. I liked it. I think it was, you know, very awakening, like for the soul. Because you, you sometimes Nova you know, came for the in, soul in, in in light of current soul events. Coffee? In light of current events. Oh, wrong one. I feel as if sometimes we have to ask ourselves the really deep questions. And one of those deep questions is always and will always be if a crazed German scientist walks up to you and says, I have invented the flying car. And I'm going to give it to you. But there's one catch. You have to decide, do you just take the flying car or don't you? So let's our, let our listeners think that over. I think that's going to be a topic for another time. Yeah, possibly. Dude, welcome back. Where you been? Or where are you? Because <laughs> I know right now you're not actually here. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm at home. I may or may not be wearing pants, actually. Uh, but I'm, I'm here. I'm sitting in front of a computer screen i've got i've got jeff pulled up on messenger and me and joe have show notes that we're like ghosting each other on so i mean it's kind of like i'm there like if i was dead and i was a ghost and i was haunting the podcast it would be like this in a dark dark room there's a dark dark dan and that dark dark dan has on no pants yeah maybe i that that could be a thing I, I am I am kind of illuminated by the computer screen though, so there's that. Yeah, when we don't have video for our podcast, it's because Dan is not wearing pants. So most of the time, yeah. Yeah, that's, and if you think about how many state. times we haven't had video, that should let you, that should let you know how many times Dan doesn't have pants. So on. send us your tweets about Dan not wearing pants and how upset you are that he's not wearing pants. So we can't do video. Who said anybody was going to be upset? Well, I mean, I mean, I think that's a real selling point for twitch or for youtube oh see i don't use twitch maybe i should i mean i've i've heard stories pray tell of that being a thing going on right now seems like everywhere you look people are just like i'm not gonna wear pants and i'm gonna harass you and people are getting upset about it and i'm about to be like dudes youtube's been a great 10 years the gravy train's coming to an end not that i think that's gonna happen anytime soon but you know that is gonna be how it ends it's just gonna all get out of control and everybody's gonna say i'm done a gravy train sounds delicious. An but actual anyway. train made of gravy? Yeah. So we're and talking bacon. about this now. So obviously in my absence, this show has completely fallen apart. See, Brandon Kellum thought the exact opposite. He thought that it was actually excelling in your absence. Well, I would imagine that Brandon Kellum spends 90% of his day thinking about Brandon Kellum. So I, I thought mean, that was just... a lead singer thing because that's exactly what you do, Dan. I'm not a lead singer, Jeff. Uh, you used to be. Yeah, used to be, but so, I don't because you know. Are you retired or on can, hiatus? Those who those who can't do teach. 
And those who can't teach, criticize on the internet. So, so. you so you've taught Brandon how how to think about himself all the time. Is that what you're saying? I'd like to think that I've taught Brandon how to become a real lead singer. <laughs> okay, well, sounds good to me. So the next album's going to be great. Yes. Tonight, since you two have run off the rails already, going I'm going gonna... off the rails on a gravy train. So tonight we are talking about Invent Animate. Yes, we are. Which I knew Invent nothing about. Comma. Yeah, yeah, and actually, they just announced uh, not too long ago they dropped the comma. No, yes, that is like literally the most newsworthy thing I could imagine a band <laughs> announcing. I mean, my God, like I mean, honestly, like I, I would be up like hot and bothered at night thinking about like, oh God, I hope they don't ever get rid of that comma. Is this like when Fear Before the March of Flames just became Fear Before? That was just laziness, I think. Or it was going with the times. Like, everybody just walks up to us and says, dude, I love Fear Before, and we just finally went with it. Well, so, <laughs> Invent Animate is a very pretentious name anyway. Because <laughs> you're not really inventing anything, or just because it's pretentious? I, it's just pretentious in that, like, it's trying to evoke uh, a certain emotion in me that it's not really invoking. Because, like, so what it's trying to invoke, I think. And if the band's listening to this, we're totally down for the interview. But the whole thing is, is that like that invent comma animate. So like what what you're thinking is like this has got to be progressive, techie metal. And you're not far off. However, the emotion that it it creates in me is more of like a oh god, all these songs are going to be 15 minutes long and they're going to be boring as all hell. But what you ended up getting was songs that are three to five minutes long that are, in some cases, boring as hell. I see. I didn't find them boring. Um, actually, the band the band's pretty good. So what what you have here is this. So this is kind of a newer band that we're talking about. Um, being old guys, it can sometimes be very hard to kind of kind of push aside the thousands of older bands that did it right first, and and to actually delve into a newer band. So with Invent Animate, um, they are, I mean, their, their first release was in 2014. So I mean, that, that's pretty new. Um, and then they, we, they, they had a, a second release in Still World, and that's it. So like we're, we're kind of on the bleeding edge. When this band blows up, we will be the first podcast to talk about them. Yeah, I think they had an EP back in 2012, I think. Yeah, there was yeah, a couple songs yeah, on I just, that. Yeah. I just don't like talking about EPs because I'm, I'm lazy, you know? Other than just bringing it up, just to mention that it that it exists, I, I it don't is a have, thing that exists. You should check it out. Right, but outside of that, I have no intentions on discussing it any further, unless you guys want to. Well, before we get into invent animate, I'm going to go ahead and say to everyone that is listening to this podcast now, either on your phone or in the car, if you're on YouTube. Thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa, play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out, and it lets us know that you are listening. And I know Dan is about to tell you to leave a five-star review. So I'm going to let Dan tell you to please leave a five-star review. Well, I would just like to keep this gravy train rolling. So for me, 
you can't imagine my joy when I signed into iTunes and I looked at my own podcast because that's what pretentious, self-absorbed people do. And uh, I discovered that we now actually have enough. Um, we 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 actually have reviews on iTunes, which is just like mind blowing. Because like I kind of just assumed that nobody cared. Like I care, but I don't expect anybody else to care. But we actually got some. Uh, we actually got some five star reviews. We got we got more than five. Um, which, if you didn't know, is kind of like pulling teeth. Most people, you know, they, they enjoy podcasts, they listen to them, but they're busy people, so they don't have time to go in and, and, and stroke our ego by adding five-star reviews. But we did get some. We are now a five-star average podcast. And now that we've said that out loud, somebody's definitely going to give us a one-star, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, if, if you like the podcast, please, a, a five-star review really helps us out it helps us show up quicker in search results and it helps people spread the word of discography discussion to people that want to hear it so so like for sure and um and we love comments we love to hear from you guys uh we've been getting a lot more of them lately and uh it's really cool i think i mean uh so i'm actually i'm actually gonna read a couple of them if that's cool joe if we if we have time for that absolutely we got an itunes review and a youtube comment and i think there was actually a facebook comment i was having some difficulty finding it on my phone so you might be able to pull that up faster yeah yeah i can pull that up uh so the first one i'm gonna read is our is our uh, most recent itunes review um and uh it's by uh, and if i am pronouncing this wrong i'm so sorry but uh i the name on it is a shyman ryman i think and uh, his review was just found these guys, listened to the Contortionist episode, also one of my favorite bands, and I love that you guys appreciate every album like I do. Instead of looking and harping on the changes you listen to, you know, you listen to them and, pre- and appreciate them. And uh, absolutely, dude, I definitely appreciate that. Um, we love the Contortionist like so much. Um, and yeah, like absolutely. And that, that is something that we do try to do. We try not to harp on changes too much, although it does happen. Um, in flames. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the In Flames episode, that's a really good, uh, you know, that's a really good example of that. So, I mean, we're not uh, super, super, super positive all the time, but we, we try to be if we can be. And uh, so, yeah, that was a really good review, man. It really helped us out, and we, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, definitely feel free to comment and talk to us in the future. We're, um, really, uh, really accessible. So grab that, uh, uh, Facebook comment real quick. I'm going to read this YouTube comment, dry wood Creek on YouTube about a week ago. And I believe this was on the Scott Mellinger episode. This is gold. Took me three days of spare time to finish, but entirely worth it. I bet. And yeah, to, to that, that guy, that was, that was the Neurosis episode. Yeah, that was with Scott. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. I know it was a bit of a beast to get through that episode, but it seemed appropriate. So, you know, thanks for listening and tell your friends. Discussmental.com. Yeah. So we got a Facebook comment from, and again, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I, dude, I'm so sorry. Uh, this is uh, from Josiah Heiberg. I, it, Josiah. It's Josiah Heiberg. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please correct me. Uh, it says catching up on the podcast here is you guys mentioned that there isn't much music in this sort of spacey atmospheric but still heavy vein have you guys heard of Rosetta uh, to which I actually I actually did respond uh, yeah dude I love Rosetta uh, and we'll definitely be talking about them in a future episode because we will be 
And uh, he also said, also a suggestion, I'm loving the episodes where I'm at least somewhat familiar with the band, but the episodes with bands I'm not familiar with, I find really difficult to get into. Uh, it may not be possible for licensing issues, but throwing a song or two on each album, throwing a song or two in from each album would be rad. Um, so that is actually a pretty common complaint that we get is, you know, we, we do play music from the bands uh, while we're talking. The issue is, is that, again, you know, licensing is a thing and, and artists, uh, they deserve the royalties for the music that they put out. So if we if we have a video on YouTube, for example, or if we, uh, you know, are, are monetizing our podcast, uh, which we, you know, we, we, we try to do um, to get our 23 cents a month or whatever it is we get for doing the podcast, um, you know, we do monetize that. So uh, ethically, it, ethically, it's not OK for us to play an entire song from a band uh and then and then talk about it and then monetize it because because at that point we're we're basically like releasing that to the public and uh if if we if we were just talking about singles that were released already online uh sure that's probably kind of more of a gray area we could probably throw those in um, however, uh, we are, uh, you know, kind of into hardcore discussion on albums. So we, we really go for the deep cuts sometimes. And sometimes the surprise of a new album is to get to hear those, uh, deep cuts. So in this particular case, um, we would, we would end up probably having to pay way more money than we actually have currently, um, to be able to provide that type of content. Um, so what I'm suggesting and what we're going to try to do, and we may actually go back to the old episodes and do this, do this as well, but uh, I'm going to go through uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Music. I know I use Apple Music. I think Jeff uses Spotify and Joe uses Google. So we're, we're triple covered. Uh, <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll make playlists, uh, you know, recommended playlists for bands that we talk about. Um, and, and honestly, like I would recommend if we do do that, I would recommend actually listening to the playlist before you listen to the episode. And I know it's more work and you definitely don't have to do that, but that is, uh, that is kind of one of those, uh, one of those things where we don't really, we don't want to cross a line. We don't want to get a call from a lawyer or something that we overstepped our bounds. So we, 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 for the time being, we're, we're sticking with, you know, maybe a little 10, 15 second clips of songs, uh, in the backgrounds, uh, that we, that we talk over just because that's uh that that doesn't really fall into infringement territory one way that people can help us out if they want us to be able to provide that type of content is to help us out on patreon you know one of the things that we are able to do with any money that we receive is not only improve our content but it is to expand it and it would be feasible to be able to purchase licensing or to get that type of licensing if we had that financial perk which we ask for and we're very thankful for i know right now we've got a contributor and we're very thankful for that so you know patreon.com forward slash discuss metal we've got some perks there uh my favorite in particular is if you pay i think it's 25 dollars, you can play a game with dan online so if you would like to lose at doom (laughs) <laughs> against Discuss Metal Dan. Pay your 25. <laughs> yeah, considering his uh, it doesn't really handles. Sound like doesn't really sound like that good of a deal uh, when it's said like that. But yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and obviously we, we, we don't want to be that podcast that's always begging for Patreon and stuff. So, I mean, we have a Patreon. If you feel like we're worth uh, throwing some money at, that'd be awesome. But um, 
you know the pot if you if you just want to enjoy the podcast for free like you have been doing then 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 aces the only thing i'm asking for is just leave us a comment come talk to us we're chatty guys and we love to talk so talk to us we love to talk or you love to talk i love to talk. <laughs> i know you do i, I think between last week's grief. between last week's sunburn jeff and this week's barbecue uh, with smoke inhalation smoke inhalation yeah for I 10 think straight hours you've got this tom waits thing going on like i'm, I'm wanting to like oh, yeah. give me some shakespeare like oh give me some shakespeare and let me read it yes i feel like we could just do tom waits covers oh. go for the remainder of the <laughs> can we just change <laughs> from invent animate completely. and do uh, tom waits tonight no, because you know, I really I like that. that I like the second. I like the second album from this. These guys. Okay. So we gotta. We gotta trudge through the first one so we can get to the good stuff. Well, Dan, since you were gone last week, and we talked about System of a Down with Brandon Kellum, while drinking mm. large quantities of high brew coffee. Mm. Uh, so you know, high brew coffee mocha. It's amazing. Freeze it. It's delicious. Uh, <laughs> Tasty. Do you have any thoughts on System of a Down? Uh, well. So I'm not like the biggest System of a Down fan. Um, I don't hate them. I don't, you know, they're not like they're not like Pantera to me. But uh, you know, System of a Down is a is a really cool band for sure. Uh, I really like the energy. I like the energy in Serge's vocals. Um, you know, especially on the first two. The first two records are, are honestly the only ones that I'm like super familiar with because like there was still this album, but that was just like leftovers from from another album and. It was it was a thing that existed and it was okay I guess but uh, I, I you know I really love presentation in albums so to get a, a basically like a, like a CDR and a sleeve you know or like a CDR in a blank case um, it's not my cup of tea man you know <laughs> I, uh, I I want I want lyrics I can kick back and read you know and I'm sure you can get a better edition or whatever but like should I have to pay more money from that like you you, you saved production qual you save production costs you know on producing this like minimalistic package but you're still going to charge me the same amount as if it was a brand new cd so like no dude sorry <laughs> i'll do the first two albums and that's it but uh that being said uh toxicity definitely is a, is a huge landmark album for me um yeah that that like demonic almost howling voice at the beginning of prison song is just uh uh, that's that's my stuff there man that's that's cool and uh i just always liked how insane the band was and how i just kind of never knew what they were going to do next um and and i mean Sur- surge was great as a vocalist and then the guitars were were just i mean really kind of sick for that uh for that style um they, they they wrote some truly heavy songs and uh i think nobody really talks about that side of it very much that they were kind of leaps and bounds above some of the other new metal bands as far as as far as heaviness goes but uh so you would call them new metal then oh definitely yeah um and again you know it's it's not really a term that holds up to scrutiny but it's uh i i would i would call them that just because again you know it's more more of an image thing uh i'm gonna kind of steal what toomey said about about new metal and that you know it was kind of more of an appearance thing and um but i really liked uh, i really liked what you said joe um on that on that discussion too about how like it was kind of kind of a weird contradiction that you know they're so anti-government and everything and so anti-military that like so many people in the armed forces love them <laughs> i i never really uh address that they're about the every man you know why you know why do we always send the poor you know that's why there's right that, sure. that, that, that's why there's that connection w- with the individual troops sure you, yeah you know. i get that 
but that was pretty late in their career. I mean, even even before that, though, you know, because that was that was a few years later. Um, Byob, you know, um, that was uh, that was on their later stuff. And like well, I, that, well, I, I guess really, well, I guess I was just trying to use that as as an example on why sure, on the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you remember, that was a time too, and I and yes, I remember. It's not too far gone that I don't remember why we were so active with the military and people enrolling. But if you also remember, that was the time of documentaries and military criticism and specifically Fahrenheit 9-11 where sure. I, I believe the the claim that was being made that I thought they were trying to cash in on a little bit and cash in is the wrong word I do apologize uh, was the idea that the the lower section of our society couldn't afford to do anything after high school but enlist in the military and it was almost like it was set up as a trap. Like, your only option is to enlist. And it just happens to be that right now, at that time, there was the war in Iraq. September 11th had just happened. So that criticism of why do you always send the poor? What they're saying is, yes, the, the rich bureaucrat is going to send you to war, but he's not going to fight it himself. But I remember at the time, there was a lot of criticism about how there wasn't an option to go to school because you couldn't afford it. Your only option was join the military. Sure. Which is a very old way of thinking, you know, thirties and forties back when you'd go and get your GI bill and then go to school because school didn't cost $60,000. And I'm going to avoid that tangent for now. Cause I'm sure Dan will pull well, it out later. Well, okay. So like just, just to give my own spin on it and then this will, we'll wrap this part of it up. Cause you, you know, you guys are, you guys talk for an hour and a half about just moving down. So that's, that's history now. But, uh, the, the only, the only personal spin I'll really give on that is that, uh, for me being such a huge lyrics guy, there were some system of a down lyrics that I thought were like, just, just brilliant, you know, but like, I mean, some of them on the other hand were just almost completely incomprehensible to me in the sense that they were just so kind of wacky and out there and like they were trying to use metaphors that didn't really work <laughs> and uh it just seemed like you know and this is kind of where the new metal thing comes in because it's like i wouldn't really describe them as like a rapping band or anything but it just seemed like the lyrics were a little bit more musical in the sense that they were written in such a way that they were to rhyme and uh i'm not a huge fan of those types of restrictions on songs I'm not saying that like the lyrics have to be like, I had a dog and he walked down the street and got hit by a car or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just weird to me, you know. I don't know. I don't sometimes get it, you so. get prison song and then other times you get Cigarro. And we'll leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or like Shimmy, you know. Like, Shimmy's a really cool song, though. It's uh, <laughs> maybe not the best example. But, uh, right, yeah. System Down, cool band. We're done talking about them. So. Invent Animate. Jeff, tell me about Invent Animate. Uh, they're a uh, fairly new band. They are out of Texas. And, uh... Yeah! Yeah! It's not the, uh... Just like Pantera. Yeah, it, they're not that kind of out of Texas band like Pantera. But Got yeah, it. they, they, um... I think they're, they're fairly atmospheric... A atmospheric band, uh... I think we're going to hear from Dan that the lyrics are weak because even I've looked uh -oh. at the lyrics and thought they were weak. And that is, is Dan's starting to rub off on me. I actually like when I'm going through the discography, I 
feel like I have to look at him because I know he's going to give me shit if I don't now. So, but yeah, their their lyrics are not the the greatest. They're sometimes contrived. Sometimes they're cliche. But, you know, with, you know, Dan having a lot more responsibility going on right now, I, you know, I thought it was good that we do a, uh, something with a, with a smaller discography and just something that it was easier to go through. And, uh, I think if you just kind of put these guys on in the background and just go with the flow, uh, they're a real good listen. I, 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 some of their stuff is really good. I agree. Uh, I but, agree. but it's not something you want to sit down and really be analytical and, you know, and really listen to the lyrics because that's just not uh, that's just not who they are. I mean, there's a couple of pretty good songs on the first one. I think Luna is probably the biggest standout. Uh uh, there's a couple others that that I that I really like too. Uh, what is it? Uh, Forest Haven is really really good. I think. Yeah, yeah. And the and the desperate are calm. Uh, those that's probably my my th- my three on that one. Uh, but as a collective whole, I think it does pretty good. I think the growls are killer. The some of the higher pitch screams, I'm like, eh, it's okay. That's not my cup of tea. Uh, that gets a little whiny for me, I guess. But man, whoever's doing the, the the deeper stuff, has fucking got it. It sounds great. I listened to it for the first time this week. I got the text from both of you. We were going to be listening to Invent Animate, and I pull it up. I listen to it, and I think, okay, it sounds like 2014. It's metalcore. It's degent. It's melodic metal. There's a little bit of Hope's Fall, a little bit of space rock going on. There's good growls. There's good melodic singing. I'm sure if I listen to it more, I'll I'll start to remember it. But the problem I have when I listen to bands like this the first time, I don't really retain it. I have to go back and listen again. You know, if I didn't listen to Plea for Purging as many times as I do, some of their best stuff I just completely would miss out on. And at first, they reminded me of a Plea for Purging. My initial thought on them was this is a plea for purging and the contortionist doing a album together that sounds great and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that concept (laughs) i don't know joe i mean what you're describing sounds a lot better than what we actually have here yeah um but so yeah i i had kind of a uh it it was kind of weird like so i listened uh to the first record and they they were they were a band that was new to me they were they were uh, jeff's suggestion and so I listened to both records initially, and I think each one is only like 30, 37, 38 minutes long each. So it's not like it's not like a major time commitment or anything. Um, actually, it kind of is, though, whenever you have a new baby at the house. But, uh, you know, I, I some, somehow made it work. Um, yeah, that's why we're that's why we're going this. We were thinking of you, buddy, doing our best. Well, and so these were these were good records. I mean, it's not I mean, it's 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 easy to listen to something once and not really be into it and be like, this sucks because I think like the average person online, when they're, when they're getting into a new band, they kind of decide within the first couple of minutes, I guess. And maybe that's actually more time than people actually spend, but you spend like the, maybe that first minute or so deciding that deciding whether or not you're into it. And I, I, uh, at first I was not into it. The first time I listened to it, I, I wasn't really, um, I really wasn't vibing on it too good, and uh, but it wasn't because it was bad. I mean, they're obviously they've got a lot of talent. So like, what what I hear a lot of is like, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Contortionists' Exoplanet 
album it kind of stays like definitely be in that same genre <laughs> but there just seems to be so many different elements to it that there are um a lot of uh there's a lot of melodic segments, a lot of like, you know, kind of a technical just to be technical moments, uh, especially on the first record. And I think, I think maybe that what that is, is that's just kind of a little bit of immaturity in the sense of like, this is our first album. Yeah, and and they're, just, they're still trying to find their way. Right. And just like, just like the name kind of implies, um, this band is, is definitely trying to evoke an emotive feeling from like an emotional feeling from you. Um, and I think I think they do succeed in that um, musically, because what you what you have is you have kind of a mix of different styles. Um, the death core is there, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of breakdowns and 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 you know guttural guttural growls and um, and actually uh, and actually kind of a more traditional like hardcore scream in there, um, which actually reminds me a lot of the band uh, uh, Silent Planet. I kind of get a vibe from from Silent Planet from that, and uh, it, it, it's really good. Like, I mean, his voice is very emotional, and it sounds really good with the melodies that are being played. I mean, the band the band is is obviously talented, and I've definitely heard a lot worse debut records, you know. And uh, and they they do a really good job of capturing like a little bit of hope, a little bit of contortionist you know uh, in there and and i love the spacey theme and i love kind of the atmospheric sound that's in it but i guess the only the only question i have when i get done listening to this first record especially is why am i not more into this than i am nothing really stands out to me yeah not on the uh, on the first one uh i wish they would have led with luna instead of ended with it yeah this would have benefited greatly from a from an altered track listing Yes, I, I I agree. I I, I know we, we've had people on before that have talked about changing up the track listing to to improve uh, albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, and I didn't really think about doing that till just now. But you know, maybe if I uh, sat down and actually made my own track listing on this one, I'd like it quite a bit more because I I think there's three really really good tracks in there, but they're all on the second half of the album, and I. I always just space those out more. Yeah, yeah, I, and I never underst- never understood why sometimes that happens. It's like, um, I, I oh crap, I'm trying to think of another band that did that here recently because I I used to tell you guys how much I liked them, and it was like Skeletal Arise one and two, and I can't remember the name of the band. Oh, Heart of a Coward, like okay. they like like they're all like straight up like you know, hardcore and kind of like groove metal at the beginning, and by the end of it, they're a total prog metal band on the second half of the of their newest album and that's kind of what i'm getting on this one too is there uh you know it's like okay you know here this is what we think everybody wants to hear and then here on the back end when nobody's you know listening anymore we're going to kind of try to experiment and put out what we think is good instead of what the producers want us to put on and i i think they're right and then producers wrong or whatever or i don't know exactly what the thought process is but I, I just never understood that. It seems like with uh, with bands like this, uh, after they've they're, it's like they put out, you know, whatever what they think everybody wants to hear, and then they throw the the good stuff on the end, which is more of what you know they are. That happens a lot. It seems like with these kind of bands. Well, I think I think there's a certain sense of um, originality that isn't here 
and I think that's that's what bugs me about it is that there's a lot of really good stuff in there. The the screams are great, the growls are great, the breakdowns are great. Drumming is actually pretty above average. Um, the guitar work is technical, it's melodic, it's atmospheric. It has it has all the ingredients to be good. You know, and like I said, I don't know why I'm not more into it than I am. And I think what it really comes down to is no matter how technical and how good you are, if you can't write songs that people are going to remember, you're going to have a bad time. And I think, I think especially in 2014, I think I think deathcore bands, you know, uh, inspired by um, bands like The Contortionist and inspired by. Um, you know, between the buried and me, you know, the, this whole idea that we're going to take metalcore and we're going to make it bigger than it ever has been. We're going to push out the boundaries. We're going to make it atmospheric. But at this point, I think I think that idea was so oversaturated that it, it was really hard to you know to to really pull off every time. And I think I think they tried really hard here to incorporate elements of everything that they were into, and everything that they bring to the table is performed very well. However, there's nothing really new or original about it. So it's hard to, to have an emotional connection with songs that kind of seem like they were written more to appeal to a specific audience, more so than they were like, this is how I feel, and I wrote a song about it. And I could be completely wrong about that, but you know, as far as their motivation goes, but I can kind of only go off of what I hear. And what I hear is a band that wants to sound like the contortionist, and they want to sound like Hope's Fall a little bit, and they, they want to sound like between the buried and me and so all of the members so so when they form the band you know all of their members are you know a, a cut above the average players you know like anybody can sit down in the basement and play you know as late dying riffs you know and and carve out you know somewhat of a melodic metalcore sound or whatever out of that but i mean these guys these guys really you know the the, the actual players the musicians are are, are very above average in a, in a lot of ways uh, however there's also still a hundred other bands that are out there that are trying to do exactly what they're doing right and and so in the, in this particular case i think this is just a, a a first album blues kind of thing where um they're throwing everything that they have at us and if this if the writing of a first album because i i believe that the writing of a first album isn't quite the process that a writing of a second album is i think you've got a lot of time to write your first album I mean, the idea is, right, you have your first, you have your whole life to write it. Right. So, um, and, and in a lot of cases, you end up with an actually, like, like a very good band or like a very good first, like how many bands have an amazing first album and everything else they have is garbage, you know, <laughs> like there, there's a lot of that. But in this case, it's actually kind of the inverse because I kind of feel like this band hasn't been around forever. And so they've got all these influences and they're literally just like, we need to get all this stuff out on the table and, and get it together as quick as we can. And so I think there was more time spent with making sure that the technical playing was good, that the, that the sound quality was good, and that everything about the band you know sounded really good, looked really good. But I think the songwriting itself really suffered from that. So is this an example of it's mediocre as a whole? Or did what you and Jeff said earlier apply and that just a, a straight up track listing change might improve the content? 
Yeah, it's not going to improve the actual songs. It's going to make the album flow better, and it might leave a better impression on you. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be salvageable with what you have. You know, um, and so I think I think with with this first album, um, there just a little bit more thought could have gone into uh, some of the some of the actual songwritings because like these songs are meant to evoke emotion. It's 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 almost like the band is trying to seem more passionate than it really is and and that that's where the uh that's that's where the lyrics kind of start bugging me a little bit because like the music can be super emotional at times and i love that and so it's hard for me to say that like oh this isn't a good album because it is a good album but when you read lyrics that are just kind of like you know every every word is kind of like a I mean, just like look at the track listings. Like for example, like soul, you know, kind of a weird word. Nature Some. hold, weird. Nocturne, lost faith. Courier, moon phase, forest haven, eventide, native intellect, half life, Luna. These are all like words that you throw in because you're trying to sound like you're smarter than you are. You know, like like look at all these big words that I'm using. And so with the lyrics, I find actually kind of a lot of cliche in them. You know, like, I, I don't know. It, it's really hard to describe it. I'm not going to read all of the lyrics or anything, but uh, there there was one particular song that jumped out at me um, where it was just like, wow, really? Like, um, I'm trying to find out where it is. Yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, okay. It's the first song, Soul. It was the first one I ever heard. And it's just, there's a segment of the song where he's like, he's like, the song in the distance, let me down, let me down, let me down gently. I'm not, I'm not blind this time. Love, let me down again. I don't believe a thing. Love, let me down again. I won't believe a fucking thing that I hear ever again. And it's just like, you, this is all being played this is all being screamed over like super technical emotional music but the lyrics are like kind of very um very amateurish but they're like trying to be vague (laughs) and again it's just one of those things where it's like i don't know i i read these lyrics and i don't believe it like i don't believe that i don't believe the passion is there yeah, see, that's where, you know, we can always tell that the you and I are very different types of listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about the emotive, you know, atmospheric feel of a band. And, and you're, you're looking, you know, a layer deeper and trying to read between the lines, literally, you know, trying to figure out what the hell they're, they mean whenever they're writing their lyrics. And whenever it gets kind of cheesy or cliched or contrived, I mean... We know you, you will. You'll be the first one to, to call it out. And you're right. You know the, the lyrics are, are not this band's strong point, uh, especially on the first album. Uh, but but yeah, that's, the but, second album. The second album they did a, they did a better job. Yes, yes they did. As you know, collectively all together they did. You mentioned the generic song titles or the visual they're not song generic titles. song titles they're no, they're, they're, they're very they're, they're uh, trying to be song titles <laughs> uh, like trying to sound really cool like hey we should you know we, we should have a song 
that's called soul. You oh, know, like, or we should have a song called Moon Phase. Like, right, yeah, like they're phase. trying dude, to be visual. Because, like, I can see it. I can see him, like, drinking some beers and being like, dude, moon phase, right? That, like, sounds so, like, the contortionist exoplanet, you well, know? It reminds <laughs> me of uh, a band that I'm actually a fan of that I'm going to pick on because they're very easy to pick on. It's a band called The Birthday Massacre. The members started playing music together when they were in art school, when they discovered color theory, which... As I understand it, and Dan actually will know a lot more about this than me, and Jeff will too. Color theory is this idea that color visually invokes an emotional response. So if you if you want something to make somebody feel a certain way, you should stick to a certain color palette. Well, of course, this band learns about that. They start a band. Everything is purple, but then you get these kind of on-purpose song titles like horror show violet red blue black i'm reading them in front of jeff he can confirm the dream never mind lovers end like it's almost like they sat down and said all right so we're gonna write a song called happy birthday but it's not gonna be that happy birthday (laughs) sure yeah i get it but it's that it's 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 literally let's sit down and let's write a song called this does anybody else find it weird too that like the first two albums or the only two albums really that uh the the, the first album ever changer and the second album uh, uh uh still world like like what's up with the moon like <laughs> like they're they're almost the same cover except for like one's in winter and the the other one's like the other one's in like uh like like autumn i guess and like one of them's got a dog in it or a wolf in it, and the other one's got a person. It just, it's like, is the moon is the moon their logo? It's or? like the incubus guy from back in <laughs> right, science, yeah. and you know, pardon or me, or the disturbed guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. I found that I found that very strange too that that they would go with like that type of aesthetic. And again, it all kind of falls into like it, they're kind of like taking notes. Like, what do all the great bands that play this style do? Like in like Joe was saying, like with color theory, you know, like I've got I've got the album pulled up in my Apple Music right now on on in my iTunes, and uh, it's uh, the background is purple, like of the album. Like when I've got I'm looking at all the tracks here, and it's all purple, and is so it's like, again, it's like it's like really like they're trying so hard to sell me on this idea that they are creating a specific like emotion, and I don't believe it with these songs. I, I guess is the only the only way I can really put it. Um, like Luna was cool because of course it was cool because they love the moon, right? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and all that. But it, it's weird because like there's a there's a certain sincerity and cheeseballness about like the way the contortionist did Exoplanet, where like all of those all of those lyrics and you know really all the contortionist lyrics were all like straight sci-fi, you know, and um, and that was cool and it was really neat how they did it and it was kind of original at least it was original to me i mean i'm sure i'm sure like youtube commenter number seven or whatever like, there were you know 175 bands that did this before the contortionist but uh, <laughs> regardless uh regardless of that their, their passion was good and uh and it was it was cool and it kind of came off cool um even, even like a little cheesy but like cheesy and like a, we're so into it we don't care but I kind of feel like everything with Invent Animate is very like carefully chosen. It's almost like it's almost like if they had just kind of relaxed a little bit and just kind of wrote the best songs that they could write. 
I think I think this would have been a, a really like a landmark album because I mean like obviously they can play, you know. Right. Um, well, I do know there was um, uh, a fairly large um, member change comes when Still World came out. Uh, they they dropped. I think it's there was their um, their main guitarist. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, maybe that was part of the problem is that there was, you know, I know it's not probably not the right thing to say, but too many chiefs and not enough Indians kind of feel. Sure. Uh, I feel like we're not going in a million different directions at once on Still World. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, it feels a lot more cohesive. Uh, it flows well. The track list seems much better as well, I, I, I will say. It's uh, almost like they tried to just try it again. Like, let's yeah, do the same thing again, only better. better. You know? Right. And, and they did, you know, and that's kind of like we, we talked about that with uh, the last episode, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with System of the Down, you know, there was a lot of, you know, all their stuff was very similar. You know, it's just like it, it, it's similar, but better. And I, I think that's what verbatim what Joe said uh, on the last episode. Yep. And, From yeah. album one to album two there's almost a direct correlation between riff ideas but it is almost impossible for you to argue and win that the songs on toxicity are not better than they are on the self-titled system of down if only because they've been fleshed out more oh they're way better and i would say the same thing and i would say the same thing about still world yeah absolutely I like the uh, the clean singing is really good uh, on Still World. I think it's much better uh, than it was on the first album. Is it more prominent on Still World? Or yeah, did it, I it imagine is, it? No, no. It, I think it absolutely is. Uh, I I think they tried to do more melodic clean vocals on Still World, and, and I and I think they did a, a, a good job with it. And, I, well, and on, it seemed, it, on it, yeah, on Everchanger, uh huh. Like it's almost like. We're putting these. We're putting these in because, like, people expect. Like, how cool would it be if we threw some clean vocals in here? But we're not sure if we can pull them off, so we're not going to like make it a focal point. Yeah, you see that that was the you know on on Everchanger. I just wanted to hear the growls the whole time. I think that would have fit a whole lot better for that entire album. Absolutely. Uh, I, I every time that they'd start doing like that, you know, the mid vocal, you know, screams and stuff like that, I'd be like, yeah, you know that. He's good, but it just doesn't fit the music. I was like, those growls could just go on all day long, and I'd be fucking eating it up because I thought it was phenomenal. So I don't know if it's the, the lead singer or because I know the drummer does vocals too, mm-hmm. but again, I'm giving props to whoever does the growls because they are I, – I love them. I don't know what it is, but, man, I, I have a big big connection with, with them. I think they're the – I think they're the best part of any of the vocals on either one of the albums personally. Yeah, they are good. Um, they are um, a little derivative of other bands, but I mean that's just kind of what you know. That's yeah, like that's, criti- a, that's, that's like okay. criticizing Nile because the vocals sound like Cannibal Corpse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, right. You know, but it, it, it is very well done, um, especially in, in a wave of like. I mean, I've I've heard really good bands that don't have good growling vocals. You know, like um, look at the first Between the Buried and Me album. I mean, his vocals are horrible on that. Just horrible. Like, it gets way better on the next album. Like, some dudes must have sat him down and been like, look, buddy. You know? (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) You gotta learn how to breathe, man. Come on. Right, right. So, you know, um... 
in, in that regard, yeah. So, like, I, I guess we're moving on to the second album. <laughs> because, yes. 2016, I mean, the, the still first, world. 2016, so, you know, very recent. Um, and at the same time, this is not... I, I, as far as I know, and granted, I, I spend a lot of my time listening to, like, old music, so this is hard for me, but, like... The old the, fogey you. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, <laughs> and so, like, for me this was interesting because i feel like i feel like the whole death like technical death core thing was like a really big like between 2010 and like 2015 so in 2016 like either they're just continuing on a fad or they're just like no this is legit like what we sound like you know <laughs> and uh so i i think and i think it is more more sincere here uh, the lyrics are a little bit better. Um, the songs are better. The uh, the emotion is is more real. Um, the clean singing absolutely adds like so much more to them. Whereas like on the first album, it was there, but it didn't really like. It was like yeah, like you said, it was. It wasn't rock in my world. There was there was no like, because like to me, clean singing. I'm not saying it always has to be a chorus, but like there needs to be like some sort of like actual hook to it to where it's something that I'm going to remember about the song. And I think that's where these songs succeed more than, um, more than they did on Everchanger because they are, um, they're a lot more dynamic and I remember the changes a lot more, a lot better because of that kind of like assistance from the more melodic vocal side of it. Yeah. There's a purpose for it here. It's not like, like you said, the, the first album that was tacked on because they felt like it—that's what was what was expected. This, right. It, in, in yeah. this, in this, it's actually—it's uh, an element. It's you know, it's another layer, and it fits. You know, it's not like it was you know somebody tried to jam it in place. This is exactly. This feels more like where it, it should be, and it, I think part of the reason why I kind of wanted to do these guys is uh, because there was that progression. Um. And I, I, I think we should throw in, you know, something a little different every now and again and have a band that's, you know, still, you know, that's kind of new and we'll see where they go. You know, maybe whenever they have their next album, we'll come back and, re, you know, revisit them for a few minutes, you know, and see if they've continued to go in the direction that I, I hope they go in. Because I think the second album was a I think it was a big step up. You know, I don't think uh, it was necessarily the case with listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think that there's more people that um, I'm just going off of like Spotify stuff, you know, just how you have the the listings of you know the stats, yeah, the stats of you know what songs are in, and I, I still think Luna is by far their most listened to song, and there's a couple sure. others, um, but the, from the the first album that are still more um, off of Everchanger that are still more listened to than Still World, but I think as a collective whole. Uh, Still World is, uh, I, I think it's a great album, you know, but then again, I also, I'm not a big lyric guy, but as a, uh, you know, as, as an, you know, atmospheric and an emotional listener, I, I really, really like this album. I think they go through really good waves of, you know, of, of emotions and, uh, I was really able to connect with it and, and it's, I don't really dislike any particular song on this album which i guess that's really what it was for me you know i i like i, I guess i'm an old school listener i want to listen cover to cover i i don't want to listen to a song i want to listen to a, an album 
And this, I find this album, you know, quite listenable from from cover to cover. Uh, right, uh, right now we got, you know, we're listening to a little bit of uh, probably my favorite song on the track called White Wolf. Mm. Uh, and it, yeah, it, from they, the they, cover. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's but, cool. Those are the kind of touches that you need, right? You know, right. But you know, this is one where um, the clean singing, the, the melodic clean singing, does uh, does its job. I think they do a good job with it. This is the closest that this band comes to to having a single. Oh you no! Know, it is a single. I think they even have a music video for this. Actually, I have it's no the, doubt. It's the Luna of this album. Yeah, right. it's. Uh, but it's if you notice, it's song three. It's not the last song on the album. Right. Well, song three always needs to be your best song because song two, if song one and two are good, you know, song three like really cements it. If song one or two, if song one and two is bad, then song three might be what keeps people listening, you know? So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's an old strategy, but man, does it work? Yeah, I think it really works. And I do think the first three songs are the best three songs on this album. Right. Personally. And for some people, that's all you need. Right. You know, um, I mean, I like. I'm a, I'm an album guy too, so I, I really don't like to sh- to just shuffle or. Um, oh, I dr- I it drives really... me nuts. I share my uh, Spotify with my wife, and mm-hmm. she loves herself some pop music. Right. And uh, she'll hit play on like uh, the whatever pop channel channel that she'll set a uh, pop radio channel she'll set on uh, on Spotify and the hit ra- mm-hmm. you know and then random on some playlist. Gotcha. And, and then I'll go back in and I'll hit play and I'm like. This doesn't fit. It's like riding in the car with Dan. Yeah, it doesn't fit. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, and I'll pull it up and I'm like, oh, shit, it's on shuffle. No wonder this doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. And it really does. I mean, like, it it drives me nutso when people listen to an album on random. I was like, you totally miss the concept and the point. There's, in most instances, uh, whenever a band has input, there is a sincere reason on why there is the song placement that there is because they're trying to tell a story. So, right. trying to, you know, and you listen to that out of order. I mean, go ahead, go pick out your favorite movie and then start on chapter nine, uh, you know, of that Blu ray. Then go to four, then to 15, and then back to one and tell me if it makes any fucking sense. It doesn't. Well, people take people take movies as a much more serious art form than they do music. Well, that's their fucking problem. They should learn to do. Isn't the that right Quentin thing. Tarantino's entire filmography, though? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm absolutely. Not a, uh, maybe I'm not as big of a Tarantino fan as everybody else because I don't necessarily dig his movies. So maybe that makes sense. You might have Joe. You just might have explained why I'm not a Tarantino fan. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered something. Tarantino Jeff likes movies it's, to be real simple, like so that he can understand. Yeah, give me Michael Bay all day long. Did, did we just come up with the first official Jeff discography discussion T-shirt? Tarantino films. It's like a movie on shuffle. I hate it. Right. We might have. Yeah. Well, and so it, it's obvious that a lot more thought went into this. Um, because it's it's not unusual for bands like this to put out a record every year. So, seeing a seeing a two year difference is kind of refreshing in the sense that like you know that some time was spent on it. And yeah, I'm sure that entire first year was spent you know excessively touring. You right. know, like that's you know that's that's your bread and butter. That's your take home. That's why you're here. But the uh, the fact that it seems like a lot more time went into the song 
went into the actual um, writing of the songs to make them into actual songs. There, there's a the, the biggest issue I have with like deathcore and metalcore, like in general, is that there's a lot of either like super repetition or there's not enough repetition. Meaning that like you know something something me and Buddy always talk about is like this band will play the coolest thing ever for 12 seconds and then they will never play it again. But like that that melody that that um, that breakdown that, that 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 particular time change you know like that that could be somebody's hook you know and like that that could be what 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 causes somebody to be like wow man that was a really good song or that really made me feel like this or or whatever and like they, there's a lot more of that on Still World. Yeah, like the like the melodic clean vocals. I mean, they're they're shared mm-hmm. between White Wolf and Celestial Floods. Uh, right. They they both have uh, that same kind of feel to it. Right. And, so I mean, I think and it's and, and, not, and it makes sense. I mean, it flows from song three to four. I mean, there's there's a purpose to it. Again. Right, and this this strikes me as the kind of band that that is very aware of their weaknesses. And they've 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 gone to the point of of actually trying to correct those problems, which is you know, great. I mean, you you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I know what my shortcomings are, and either a I'm you know I'm not going to do this part anymore, or I'm, I need to improve it. But right. I can't, but I can't keep doing the same thing because I'm not going to get the results that I want. Right. Well, it's like there's there's this whole idea too of like I think the mindset on the first record was we need to make a record and then i think on still world it was we need to make a great record and uh the the two are very different i mean obviously everybody in a perfect world everybody would want to make a great record every time but i understand that you know maybe you got a record deal quicker than you thought you were going to get one and they and they want something quickly well kevin smith said about movies or about bad movies Nobody spends money to make a bad movie on purpose, and of course Dan pops up and says, "What about every trauma movie ever?" But yeah, but it didn't start that way. But what he meant was everybody tries their best to make a hit. Sure. It just happens to be that most of the time we fall short, and hopefully it's good enough that people enjoy watching it enough to make our money back. Right. And music is the same way. Everybody wants to make a good album. Right. Actually, I just had a thought uh, since we were talking about, you know, the first albums and all that kind of stuff. Uh-oh. With, uh, well, you know, with, um, it makes me think, you know, you, you have all this time and uh, for like Everchanger, we'll, we'll, we're going to use that as an example uh, since we're talking about this band. Mm. You, you have all of these years, you have all of this material and you end up trying to pick out the best individual songs that you have but it doesn't you know it doesn't make it a better collective whole uh i think um and i think that's why maybe their sophomore effort sounds better because i think they picked some like a theme and they went with it because they right. because they only had a you know a year because like you said they were probably touring like fucking maniacs for you know to support their first album so they had 12 months to, to to write another album so they had to literally you know focus themselves and look at it a, a little more uh you know in one 
particular area and then kind of let everything else fall by the wayside because you don't have time to do anything else. And I think that in this particular instance, it's it's helped this band out a lot that they they got focused uh, because I think, like I said, I mean, I I really, really enjoy Steel World. And it's the it's the reason why I wanted us to do this, because uh, I I mean, I knew Everchanger was, you know, you could tell that the talent was there, the potentials there. And you know, and Still World is a, a an excellent uh, sophomore effort, in, in my opinion. And I, like I said, I, I really can't wait to see what else these guys do because um, the songwriting's better, the lyrics are better. I mean, they're still probably not where Dan wants them to be, but they're definitely they're not, they're not fantastic. But they're, they're moving they're in better. the right yeah, they're moving in the right direction at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I just. It's it's a it's a great album just to put on and to chill or whenever you're doing something else. It's great background music, but there's enough hooks. You know, there's enough stuff that's memorable in it that it's not going to be like put it on the background and then forget what it was that you just listened to. You're like, oh yeah, I know what that is because there's enough good good music there that to make it memorable. Sure. So are those your final thoughts for now uh, on yeah. Invent Animate? Yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm gonna I'm like pulling a a, a halfway Joe instead of putting it in the, in the beginning. I'm gonna put them in the middle. <laughs> so, well, we're near the end because this oh, is pretty that's much true. it. Yeah, that's true. Well, Dan, what about you? Your final thoughts for now? I say that well, because I know this band is still active. So right. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a, you know when they put out new stuff, I'll, I'm gonna check it out. You know, uh, I think the potential is there i think you know as good as the second album is as good as the first album is this is still a band that i think is still kind of getting its toes wet as far as like um as far as carving out a good sound because like because where, where they stand right now they're kind of like and this is gonna sound mean and i apologize and it's not what i'm trying to say but like they're kind of like um they're kind of like veil of maya but like not as good and so, like, we, they just they just kind of need to work on that. And when I say work on that, I don't mean try to sound more like Veiled Maya or try to sound like, you know, Born of Osiris or The Contortionist or whatever. I, I think that they have come a much, a much bigger step closer to carving out their own sound. And I think they just need to kind of pull everything together. And I think, I think a third record is going to be really interesting from them. Um, I think they, I think this band absolutely has an exoplanet in them. You know, uh, I'm just, I'm still waiting for it. And I would say that this is another band. We've talked about the contortionist best example we've done lately. They are an album band. They are not a song band. This is for the audiophile metal fans among us that like to sit down with their awesome stereo systems, Dan, and listen to records in their entirety, Jeff, and appreciate them for what they are, Jeff, and love them for what they are, an entire product, which is me. So I guess I was talking about all three of us. This is one that we sit down, we light candles, we open beer, and we enjoy. And if that is what you're looking for, like the Beatles said, it's getting better all the time. And I'm looking uh-huh. forward to the next one. I'd also like to point out that track nine on the first record is called Half-Life. Well, it's just over three minutes long, so I think if you take the square root of that, it's, it turns into Half-Life 3. So can we determine that Half-Life 3 is confirmed? 
No comment. <laughs> well, Dan. I'm, what? Not, I'm not allowed to say. Oh, so you don't know is what you're telling me. Yeah, I sorry. can either confirm nor deny that. I never <laughs> said I didn't know. I said I cannot confirm. Well, Let me just call up Gabe and we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. What is your album of the week, Dan? Uh, my album of the week, I can't actually pronounce the name of, but I know there's a pronunciation out there, but I'm listening to The Pristalis by 100 Sons. Uh, this is a band featuring members of Norma Jean, most notably their lead singer, Corey Brandon, uh, and uh, Every Time I Die. And uh, it's, sounds good, interesting. it's good stuff. Uh, it's really good. So if, you, if you're if you a Norma Jean fan or you're a Every Time I Die fan, uh, you're going to like everything that these... Uh, yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna like these. You're, you're gonna like them. They're they're good. What about you, Jeff? Um, actually, I went a little weird, and also it's also a little bit of indie pop mixed in with it. Actually, a lot of indie pop. Uh, there's this really interesting band out of England called Sleep Token. Uh, and uh, just if you get a chance, go into their backstory. I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, being a little mysterious and throwing some weird shit out there and uh i've been they all have a singles out there so far and uh i think their best two are probably calcutta and nazareth i have no idea when they're going to actually release an album but uh i think what they've probably been best known for uh a couple years ago they did a uh a cover of hey ya uh the outcast song so yeah, check check them out. Watch it with the videos. Uh, I think that really adds to it, and, and I think that's probably what I got interested in. It is that it's been so long since I've actually like said, "Oh, you need to watch the video to add to the song," because I just videos just generally don't matter anymore. And uh, with these guys, I think they do a good enough job with thematic portion of the of their videos to to add to the music. So if you want something that's a uh, at a different speed um still got a little bit of dark haunt hauntingness at, at the end of their songs but it's still it's pretty much indie pop uh check out sleep token just uh if you want to change the pace well see now i feel like you're challenging me because i'm torn between actually recommending the birthday massacre or the one i was actually going to do <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna save that for later and say that my album of the week this week is the bat out of hell 2 by meatloaf nice that's wow because that's I, digging. I love me some meatloaf sometimes and that uh -huh. is one of my favorite albums of all time dude there's nothing wrong with that man i i, I like meatloaf shit i listen to i can't tell you how much meatloaf i, li I listened to in high school I, I, let me put that i put i listened Wait a minute. to a meatloaf lot. was out when you were in high school yeah jeff's old and maybe <laughs> well before we go anywhere Dan, since you're gone and you'll be, well, technically you're not gone. You're just not here. We have a lot coming up in the next month or so that we can talk about. Let's talk about our future plans and our future bands. Cause I know when you make your triumphant return to the studio, we're going to be talking about Sepultura. 14 albums, boys. I hope you're ready. We're going to be talking about Intronaut. There we go. Yeah. And what are we doing on the 26th of August? We're going to be attending the uh, Rockin' Pod Expo 
that's in uh, Nashville. I think it's in Nashville. Let's read the flyer again. Yes, but it's anyway, in Nashville. Uh, there's going to be tons and tons of uh, of rock pod rock metal podcasts uh, there, uh, recording live, and uh, we're going to get to we're going to get to hang out with Josh Toomey. Uh, you know. He'll hang out with you guys. I don't know if he'll hang out with me after what I said about Dimebag Daryl, but <laughs> we might have to um, keep a nine foot gap between the two of you. Right. So there could be like a barrier there that we may need to have, but I think it's going to be a good time. There's going to be a lot of like vinyl. Uh, there, there's actually going to be a, a whole bunch of vinyl um, dealers there. So like there's definitely going to be some good stuff to pick up there. Um, oh man, you shouldn't have told me that. Bring money, yeah, bring, Jeff. Your, bring I... your money bags, Jeff. Cause oh, we, my God. you know, I'm gonna spend too yeah. much damn money now. I know, right? So that you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I think it's gonna be a ton of fun. I think we're gonna meet, get to meet a lot of cool people, and um, yeah, it's just it's very exciting. Um, that that yeah, there's gonna be all these podcasters that I that I love and respect that are gonna be there, and um, I think it's gonna be just like I think it's gonna be too much fun. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and I can't wait. Uh, so. That that's what we're doing then. Um, so yeah, well, pretty soon we'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about uh, Sepultura. We're talking about uh, Intronaut. We're talking about uh, Demon Hunter, and then um, we'll be doing a recap of the podcast convention. We might do some yeah, we'll, field recording we might, while we might, we're there, yeah, but we'll see. Record some stuff there, see how that goes, and then um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be cool. Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot? I have not. I have not. Well, you're in luck because at the uh, Rock and Pot Expo, they're going to be screening it for us to watch, and uh, that's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to watch that. Very cool. And, um, yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of cool people there. Um, there's going to be some musicians uh, signing, you know, like doing meet and greets and stuff. And I think it's going to be really cool. And it's it's the first thing like this that I have seen. So um, definitely feel like we need to be there. <laughs> yeah, and if you and, want to meet uh, us there, I believe uh, tickets are ten dollars. 10 bucks to get in. Yep. Yes. So, so yeah, so we'll be there. We'll be hanging out. It'll be a good time. And on that note, this has been episode 26 of discography discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at discuss metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere. You listen to podcasts, including Google play iTunes and stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. For all your pro audio rants, including DTS audio, Dolby 5.1, and 7.1. Email Jeff at DiscussMetal.com. Yeah, you got 7.2 in there too, buddy. Shut Ooh. the fuck up, Jeff. <laughs> Massive retro vintage video game collection and store inventory. $25,000 selling a massive video game collection to one lucky buyer. This is my personal collection that I've spent years acquiring plus inventory from a store that closed over 10 years ago. I focus mostly on rare systems and I do have some great pieces like Turbo Duo, Turbo Express, 
FM Towns Marty boxed NES with Rob the Robot SNES N64 Sega Genesis sealed PS1 PS2 ceramic white variant Dreamcast regular and black variant Halo Edition Xbox and Xbox 360 total value of the collection is around forty thousand dollars willing to sell for $25,000 to the right buyer. Not interested in parting out, trading, or answering a bunch of requests for pictures. If you always wanted to open a retro game store, then send your contact information and we can go from there. Do not contact me with unsolicited services or offers.